Rangers lost an ugly game on Tuesday, and they got shellacked by, of course, Reed Detmers. But still, they ended up getting one game closer to clinching the AOS. We're going to break down all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked On Rangers. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Wednesday, September 27th. Your Rangers are 88 and 69, still alone in first place in the American League West with a two and a half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros and the magic number to clinch the AL West is down to three. Mm. Man, that sounds good to say. And it would have been nice if it went all the way down to two, but alas, that is not what happened in this Tuesday night game. It was, again, the curse of Reed Detmers, who threw seven innings of one-run ball against the Rangers, even though he walked four and the Rangers got four hits off him. It was just... Just another frustrating night. I think Reed Detmers must have made some kind of deal or several deals with the devil that uh, he would suck against almost every other team. And then when he faces the Rangers, he just turns into a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. Hopefully, the curse of Reed Detmers, uh, you know, he started that eight-game losing streak that the Rangers had, the longest losing streak of the season. It was not fun. Very deeply unfun. Maybe it was a nine games. I think I think it was just eight Um but anyway, Reed Detmer started off that losing streak. The Rangers can't lose uh, another eight straight because they don't have eight games left. Hopefully, they do not start a losing streak here because uh, that would be very, very, very bad because the Rangers need to win at least one of these games now against Seattle. Um, hopefully, it's just one. Um, that's seeming like the goal for the Rangers win tonight and the Mariners win tonight as well. And the Rangers win on Thursday, the first game of that series and the Rangers will be AOS champs on Thursday night and will be absolutely glorious, but who knows if that's going to happen? Who knows how things are going to play out? Thank you to the Mariners for knocking off the Astros last night in a weird and sloppy game where the Astros let a couple of runs score on errors for the Mariners. Just some really, really sloppy defensive play. And it was a sloppy game by the Rangers. The Rangers started off hot. A, a great start. A leadoff double by Marcus Simeon. Then a little blue hit by Corey Seager, an infield hit. And Robbie Grossman grounds into a double play. Does score the Rangers' first run. Then the Rangers give up three runs the bottom of the first and things just go off the rails from there not a great game from cody bradford did i feel like a good enough job to you know warrant a pat on the back but then chris stratton comes in and i feel like he has been absolutely horrendous at giving up stranded stranding inherited runners and he gave up several runs of his own he got two-thirds pitched two-thirds of an inning allowed four hits three runs all of them earned including a couple that were charged to cody bradford's ledger now there was runners on second and third with no outs so maybe those runners were going to score anyway but it's just 
it's just rough. The Rangers' offense was doing absolutely nothing against Reed Detmers. After that first inning where they got a couple of hits, they got two more hits off of him the rest of the six innings that Detmers was in this game. Just incredibly frustrating. They did get another base runner, a few more base runners based on walks, and you know it, it felt like since he was so erratic that eventually the Rangers were going to get him out of this game early, rack up his pitch count, but that just was not the case, unfortunately. And Reed Detmers uh, did also hit Cody no, Corey Seager with a pitch in the wrist, a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. And uh, it was a real, honestly, terrifying moment, incredibly frustrating because the Angels have literally nothing to play for. And hitting the best player in all of baseball that's healthy right now, um, or at least in the American League, is uh, bad. And I, I said this on Twitter, and I, I stand by it, that any team that hits Corey Seager, an MVP caliber player with a pitch at, at this point in the season that has nothing to play for, a team that has nothing to play for, just relegation, just absolutely annihilate, like just death penalty of a franchise, like just inexcusable, terrible. I know it wasn't intentional. I mean, there, there's no way he was trying to hurt Corey Seager. His command was just off all night, but it was a really scary moment, and uh, it was a bruise on his right forearm. There's no fracture, no nothing. Corey Seager might need to take a day, but he says he wants to be in the lineup on Wednesday night and wants to be there every game, so hopefully we'll see him in there. He was taken out after the game was, you know, basically completely out of reach because of Chris Stratton's blow up and Cody Bradford being unable to get outs in the fifth inning. But uh, there were a lot of wholesale changes made. Marcus Simeon came out of this game. Corey Seager came out of this game. Uh, Robbie Grossman came out of this game. Adolas came out of this game. Haim came out of this game. Like it was just wholesale changes literally everywhere in this one in a frustrating mind-numbing game but you see this game on the schedule and you see ah well the wrath of reed detmers will reign supreme and the rangers are pitching basically a bullpen game with cody bradford on the hill um it just it kind of felt like a scheduled loss if you're gonna lose one of this series this was probably the one that was going to happen dane dunning is on the hill tonight so hopefully that will go much better this will be dane dunning's last start of the season it's been a really good season for dane dunning um and hopefully he can finish it out on a high note with a great start against this Angels team who can just chill out. I was talking with the Locked On Angels boys before this series, and they said, all right, you know, we'll we'll be chill if, if y'all go ahead and eliminate Seattle from the playoffs. And I said, okay, well, we we will hold up our end of the bargain and, and, and do some damage against the Mariners because the Rangers have done that all year. But this was a decidedly unchill game. I'm uh, very disappointed in the Locked On Angels boys for not telling their team to just phone it in, telling Reed Detmers to hang a few over the middle like that was decidedly unchill of this angels team that has literally nothing to play for but they did come back and say hey you know if if y'all won out in this series and the mariners um well if they win tonight it would have been a rangers clinch in anaheim They're like we just don't want to see another team clinch the al west on our our home field which i get and out of respect for them, maybe the Rangers can just go ahead and clinch in Seattle. That would be very respectful of this Rangers team. The, the AL West is, is not locked up by any means, and a playoff spot is still not locked up. It'd be very unlikely for the Rangers to miss out on the playoffs at this point. But um, anything is possible in this wild, wild AL West and wild AL wildcard picture. Um, just take care of business. Honestly, Rangers, please just take care of business and i also was getting into some some griping with with people on twitter about uh the lineup and lefty versus righties and evan carter uh, you know not being in there is the reason that this game got away um we'll we'll talk about why that's not the case why robbie grossman has definitely earned his playing time against lefties and a little bit about this rangers playoff rotation 
But first, let's read from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Nutrafol. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their, health, their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter promo code LOCKEDONMOB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com men and enter promo code LOCKEDONMOB. That's Nutrafol dot com slash men promo code locked on mlb shout out to the evidators for making locked on rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show i'll be talking with locked on angels boys about this series the rangers take on the angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search rangers now the rangers playoff rotation doesn't quite seem to be set at the moment but for right now I think this is what it should look like. Game one, Jordan Montgomery. Game two, I think it's John Gray. And game three, Nathan Uvalde. Game four, Dane Dunning. Now, these are all subject to change, except for Jordan Montgomery. I don't think I see a scenario. Unless he has just an absolutely horrible start, or God forbid gets injured in his final start of the year against Seattle. I don't see a scenario where I wouldn't want Jordan Montgomery starting game one of a playoff series. Now, unless Nathan Uvalde magically finds his velocity and all of his stuff and it comes back in the final start of the year which i don't think is likely um then that's the only scenario where i would bump jordan montgomery out of that game one starter status i mean behind him it's uh it's questionable john gray is coming off a great start but he also left with a wrist injury so we'll see how he feels after his final start of the season that's going to be against seattle if he comes off a great start then i think i feel really good about putting him in the number two slot and then john or nathan Ivaldi, um I, he is what he is at this point i mean he is figured out how to pitch through some things and there's been some not pretty results and there's been um some wins though it he has done enough he knows how to pitch when his stuff is not quite there it's not nearly as effective as when he is obviously at the top of his game but i still trust him a little bit more than dane dunning at this point but that's not to rag on dane dunning dane dunning has had a phenomenal season for the rangers honestly like one of the low-key biggest most important parts of this team has been dane dunning and unless he throws like an inning and john gray goes like seven innings he's going to end up leading this team in innings pitched for the year which is as much of a holy crap great job dane dunning as it is a holy crap everything went so terribly wrong for almost everybody else like that's kind of uh both of those things can be true at the same time so uh yeah i i think dane dunning's definitely earned at least one playoff start i think going with a four-man rotation is the move here giving these guys uh you know 
normal rest to maybe extended rest. And uh, if you do bump one of these guys out of the rotation, I think Dane Dunning might be the guy only because he's had so much success in the bullpen. And I think that him coming in there as a mop-up guy um, could be really, really helpful. I mean, there's a thought that maybe Martin Perez would be in this rotation at this point. I mean, I thought that maybe he would be starting this Tuesday game, but after he pitched a couple innings on, I believe it was um, Sunday's game, and didn't do all that well, he kind of lost that chance at the start on Tuesday. But again, Cody Bradford not going to be making any playoff starts. And one last thing on this game before we just move on, I want to give a a hat tip, a shout out to Josh Smith for hitting the absolute crap out of a homer. His sixth home run of the season in the ninth inning of a game that was completely out of hand. Josh Smith said, screw you guys. I, I am here. I am here to stay. I am a good major league baseball player and I don't care what the score is. I'm going to give it my all every single time out. That is why I love Josh Smith. That is why he is a perfect bench bat for any team. Um, and I am really glad that he is on the Rangers and going to be there for many years to come. But there's something I touched on that I forgot to circle back to at the beginning of this segment, but it it was about about lefties and Robbie Grossman and uh, some frustration and an argument I was having with somebody on Twitter about, you know, Robbie Grossman should never have been in there, you know, because he left a little fly ball um, fall. That's that's why this game got completely out of hand. There's no reason why Robbie Grossman should be starting over Evan Carter because you just always have to play whoever's best defensively at all times. And I I really push back on that because, you know, how many plays are actually going to left field in a game? Two? Three? Maybe four? Five if it's a really, really eventful night in left field? But you're getting at least four at-bats as a starter in the lineup, especially if you are hitting third like Robbie Grossman is against lefties. And Grossman, I've obviously had my problems with Grossman, and his defense has been uh, pretty darn bad. It's not as abhorrent as it was earlier, and it's, it's not as bad when it's in left field as opposed to right field. But when he's against lefties, this guy is a very, very valuable major leaguer. He's got a slash line against lefties this year of 309, 417, 536. That is a 953 OPS. That is a darn good hitter. That is a really really good hitter against lefties. You know, he's got an 883 OPS in the second half. And in the month of September, he's got a 449 on base percentage. 449. He's been a very, very valuable bat in this Rangers lineup. It's unfortunate that he had um, a couple of strikeouts or a strikeout and a ground into a double play in this one. Um, That kind of negated my point. But Evan Carter, has been fantastic. I love Evan Carter. I think he's going to be a very great major leaguer. But against lefties right now, against major league lefties, it is just not a super fair matchup. Evan Carter, in his brief big league career, is 0 for 7 with four strikeouts and one walk against lefties in the big leagues. In the minors this year, it was also not super great. He had a 621 OPS versus lefties, uh, as opposed to a 949 OPS against righties. Last year, it was also pretty pretty jarring splits. Not as bad as this year. 749 OPS versus lefties and 925 against righties. In 2021, in a much smaller sample size, he played like 30 games that year. He had a 1033 OPS versus lefties. That's 51 plate appearances and a 720 OPS versus righties. That was 95 plate appearances. So not a whole lot of data that you can really extrapolate. He's a good hitter. He's a smart hitter. He's going to have quality at bats. He's going to play pretty good defense. It's going to be, it's going to be much better than Robbie Grossman's, but 
Robbie Grossman deserves to hit against lefties. It is should not be a question. And um, I, I like having Robbie Grossman in this lineup against lefties, despite the defensive limitations, because the Rangers are so quick to pull him out of the lineup once there is a righty on the mound and put Evan Carter in there in left field. That's one of the things I love about this lineup versus righties is when you've got Evan Carter out there in left field and the Odeon Center and Dolson right and the usual infield and Jonah Heim at catcher, you don't have to make any defensive substitutions late in the game. You've just got your best bats out there that are also your best gloves. That is a huge, huge plus for any team to have. And to be able to save those bench bats for if you need a late at bat against lefty and then have another defensive replacement to come on there in left field or what have you, wherever you need them to be. So, uh, yeah, the Robbie Grossman slander for his defense and against righties is, is definitely warranted. But... In the right situation, it is definitely a good place to be. And, you know, circling back to that playoff rotation, just dreaming for a second that this team was fully healthy. This is what their playoff rotation would look like. Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Nathan Eovaldi, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Man, that would be the best playoff rotation in baseball. But, alas, that's not where we are. That is not how the season shook out, because if the season shook out like that and Jacob DeGrom was fully healthy, um, then I don't know if the Rangers would have traded for two starting pitchers, especially one of Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery's caliber. They probably would have traded for a bazillion relievers anyway, Um, but man, that would have been really nice to see Jacob DeGrom be able to get healthy for this playoff run and start game one of a playoff series. I think eventually he will start a playoff game for the Rangers, maybe next year, um, maybe the year after that. But uh, I am really looking forward to seeing him and Max Scherzer back on the mound wearing a Texas Rangers uniform. Coming up, we're going to look at a hypothetical question about the Rangers' theoretical holes in left field and DH next year, what they should do to fix them, and a little bit of personal news from myself. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Shout out to the aviators for making Locked On Raiders your first listen every single day on Friday's show. I'll either be doing a crossover with Locked On Mariners boys, or I'll be talking about a Texas Rangers AO West clinch. Mmm, doesn't that sound good? The Rangers take on the Angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, last night... The Mariners won, beat the Astros in a thrilling, uh, more thrilling than it probably needed to be, game where they pitched their two best relievers. Andres uh, Munoz also pitched, I believe it was Munoz that pitched, or maybe it was Matt Brash that pitched multiple innings, uh, which is very, very nice for the Rangers. Honestly, what the Rangers are hoping for, more than just the Mariners to win two out of three, was for the Mariners to throw a lot of their high leverage arms so that they will be tired 
and cannot pitch in the games against the Rangers. That would be very, very nice. They're also hoping that for the Astros, so whoever they play, when they play the Diamondbacks this weekend, hopefully the Astros will lose um, some more games. That is uh, the goal always, is for the Astros to lose more games. But by beating the Astros, the Mariners made the Rangers' magic number to clinch the AL West down to three. The Astros are two and a half games behind the Rangers. Their magic number for them to be eliminated from the AL West is three. The Mariners are three games behind. Their magic number is also three. <clears throat> so if the Rangers had won last night, their magic number would have been two. Then with a win tonight and an Astros loss, that would have dropped the Astros' magic number in the AL West down to zero. But the Mariners' magic number would be at one because the Mariners would be four games behind the Rangers and the Rangers would be four games ahead of them with a four-game series head-to-head, but the Rangers have already clinched the tiebreaker, so even if the Mariners swept the Rangers for that four-game series, or mopped them, I should say, um, if the Rangers and Mariners finished tied, the Mariners have already lost that tiebreaker to the Rangers because the Rangers won those three games. Actually, they, they did it after winning the first two in last weekend's series against them in Arlington. Does that make plenty of sense or is that clear as mud because that is how wild this wild card situation is and uh it's hopefully going to be pretty sorted out by by friday hopefully we we wake up on friday and the texas rangers are al west champions or maybe it'll be after friday night's game we'll have to wait till saturday that's fine or maybe we'll have to wait until saturday night really hoping not and god forbid if this comes down to the final game of the season that is going to be um not not great honestly because i think the rangers are going to have to are going to have to throw one of martin perez or andrew heaney or uh or cody bradford in that game 162 and you're really hoping that it's clinched up by then the magic numbers down to three it probably should be taken care of by then but if it's not and god forbid if the you know playoff magic number is is not down to zero if if there's still a chance the rangers could miss out on the playoffs entirely on game 162 and you got to start cody bradford or martin perez or andrew heaney in game 162 that's that's not great um but I, i was tweeting about Wyatt Langford's amazing first season in minor league baseball, which is just so much fun. Honestly, incredible for Wyatt Langford, and it's not quite done yet. Um, He has at most three games left, um, at fewest one game left. Um, It'll be against the Dodgers tonight. We'll see how that goes. Uh, He went 0 for 3 or 0 for 2 with three walks, two strikeouts, a stolen base, and an assist, an outfield assist at second base. Um, just a really nice night for Wyatt Lang for controlling the strike zone. Um, and I was tweeting about how great it was, and, and someone in my mentions, I don't want to uh, name this person or continue to dunk on them further, but it, I, I kind of do because it, it brought up an interesting thought experiment. They said, okay, well, let's trade Carter or Wyatt Langford to the Astros have an abundance of pitching prospects um, because the Rangers need pitchers. And um, I cannot think of a more terrifying, horrifying, awful thought than trading Wyatt Langford or Evan Carter to the Houston Astros for pitching prospects. Now, it is true that the Astros have done a really good job of developing a lot of homegrown starters, but let's look at their starting pitchers this year. I mean, not to mention that their farm system is already obliterated, just completely obliterated, and there's not a, there wasn't a whole lot of really great pitching prospects there um, to begin with to start this year. But you, you want to trade Evan Carter for JP France, who's got a 380 ERA in 136 innings. You want to trade him for Hunter Brown, 
who's got 150 innings under his belt and an ERA over five. You want to trade him for Brandon Belak, who had a 3.80 ERA in 80 innings this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely freaking not. There is not a single pitcher on the Astros who I'd consider trading either of those players for. There's not a single player in the Astros organization that I would consider trading either of these players for. Just absolutely hell to the no. Hell, the hellest to the no. To trade them anywhere in the AO West outside of... No, no. Even even with the Mariners' abundance of of pitching talents, I I don't think that I could live with trading Evan Carter or Wyatt Langford to anywhere in the division. I mean, the only players that I consider trading Evan Carter for are like George Kirby and Sandy Alcantara. Like that that's the level of trade value he has right now. And for Wyatt Langford, the only player in baseball I would even consider trading him for is Yuri Perez, who is absolutely phenomenal, jaw-dropping, unbelievably good pitcher at just 21 years old as a rookie. And I don't think the Mar- the um, the Marlins are doing that. So let's just throw the trading Wyatt Langford scenario out the window because <clears throat> he's not going anywhere. He's ascended to the prospect status where it's like, He's just too good. Even if you don't have a perfect fit for him, you can't trade him because you're going to look incredibly stupid, horrible for a long time, and you're going to hate yourself for it. You're not getting any value that's more that's going to bring you more than what he will provide the Texas Ranger. I think the same is <clears throat> just about true for Evan Carter. Obviously, he's got his struggles with lefties. Um, he's had quite a few strikeouts at the major league level. Kind of want to cut that down. He's not an elite, elite defensive center fielder, quite like uh, Leo Tavares is. Um, but but still, I don't think you're trading either of those guys. And I don't really want to trade Leo Tavares at this point. He's at a 2.8 baseball reference for a season. Remember back in, in the spring where a lot of people, even myself, were considering trading Evan Carter for Brian Reynolds? Well... Brian Reynolds this year, he's had a fine season. He's got an 804 OPS. Um, he's had uh, a 2.6 baseball reference for a season in 141 games. Now, Evan Carter, in 18 games, has a 1.3 baseball reference for. Yeah, that is a much higher pace than Brian Reynolds. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that Evan Carter would have guaranteed had a you know 3, 5, 7, whatever war season if he came up at the beginning of the year, but... I think just remembering that um, is just nice to put into context. But the Rangers have basically three positions in question next year. Just just three. There's DH, left field, and center field. And they're not really even that much in question. There's, there's pretty obvious answers. At, at DH, here are my options and my, my ranking for what I would like to happen for the Rangers at DH next year. Number one, Shohei Otani. Obviously, if you can get Shohei Otani, you, you do that. And you... Don't worry about what it means for is Wyatt Langford going to get enough at bats? Is whoever is Mitch Garver coming? You, you don't worry about that at all because you've got the best player in maybe the history of baseball, probably the history of baseball as your DH. Next option, I, I'd say Mitch Garver coming back, being mostly a DH and also backup catcher to spell Joe Heim when he needs it and step in when he needs to. I think that's a great option. Obviously, Garver's had a great year, and I love him being there. The, the next option, if if Garver leaves to go sign a big deal somewhere else, which I think is entirely possible coming off this huge season, um, it's, it's entirely possible someone gives him a bunch of money to be their starting catcher. Then Wyatt Langford would be my choice. And if Wyatt Langford is... 
playing the field, that's that's the only reason why he wouldn't be my starting DH probably next year. It's Justin Foscu. He's he's an option. In left field, I think this is my my tier list of Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, then Ezekiel Duran. In center field, Leo Tavares, Evan Carter, then uh, maybe Wyatt Langford. If I, I don't know, I I don't see a scenario where Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford are both gone unless one of them's hurt then that's really the only scenario where I put White Langford in center field. He's got the the speed to do it. Uh, it wouldn't be pretty. His routes aren't super pretty yet. I think he'll be a fine defensive outfielder eventually. Um, but just, uh, yeah, I, I think that's about where I land. I, I think Ezekiel Duran is going to be probably the first one on the trading block. I think he might have a little bit higher trade value than Leo Tavares at this point. But Leoti, I'm, I'm not rushing off to trade either of them because we saw how valuable... Ezekiel Duran was when when Corey Seager went down with injury. He was phenomenal. He was a huge part of the reason why the Rangers did not lose a step, maybe even got a little bit better um, when that was the case. And he's had some really hot months and he's cooled off significantly down the stretch. And his defense at, at third and left is is a work in progress, but he's, he can still do it. Like he, he can still do it. But being a super duper utility player, it is hard on a guy to get great at any position. I think he's really good defensively at shortstop and at second base. And I think that another team would be very willing to make him their everyday starting shortstop or third or, or second baseman at this point, maybe even third baseman. If he's playing somewhere every day, I think he's going to get good enough at it. He's got a huge arm that plays it at third base. It plays in, in left field. The routes are a work in progress in left field because he's barely played the outfield before this year. Like, it just was not something that he did. And he picked up on the fly and, you know, he had some, some teachable moments, but there is a very good player in there and it's going to sting if the Rangers do trade uh, Ezekiel Durant and he ends up being amazing somewhere else because he probably will be because he's a really good player, but the Rangers are running out of spots and you know, you're going to have to prioritize maybe, maybe my, my ideal for next year. Let's, let's take Shohei Otani off the table um, because um, I don't want to get my hopes up too high and then get burned because you know, that's, probably what's going to end up happening. He's probably going to sign with the Dodgers. It's going to be really boring and it's not going to be interesting at all. But let's say Mitch Garver is your opening day DH. And then in left field, you have Wyatt Langford as your opening day left fielder. And then in center field, you're you're doing platoon splits with Evan Carter in center against righties. And then uh, Leody Tavares in center against lefties. I, I think that is a really, really great outfield. And for some people talking about trading... Uh, Adolis Garcia, uh, it just, I just don't see it. Like he's got three years left under contract. He is a two-time all-star. He is a proven veteran at this point, a proven commodity. And while I love Evan and White Langford and Leo Tavares, they are still very young and they could take a step back. They could, you know, take a, I mean, Evan Carter, I mean, he's got an 1100 OPS. There's, there's nowhere but a, a step back to really take. He's not going to have an 1100 OPS next year. Like, it's just not going to happen. And if one of those guys struggles, or you know, turns out to not be as good as as the Rangers thought, and you have traded away the other good guy who was going to step up for them, then you are up a creek without a paddle. So I think, I think just holding on to all these guys for now, um, see what you can get because there's a each of them have a lot of trade value and a lot of value to this team. So don't be so quick to ship everybody off for other extra pieces parts because, I mean, they got a lot of value. The Rangers have a really good lineup and you got to 
and making Evan, making Wyatt Langford earn his way to the big leagues and hit the crap and force you to put him up there. I think that is the move that you would want to make for your top prospect. And I think he will do that. I think he'll probably do that in spring training. But forcing him in there um, because you wanted to trade somebody away a little bit too quickly, I, I think that would be a mistake for the Rangers. Now, before we go, just a little bit of personal news on myself. As of today, I am no longer working for the Dallas Morning News. Um, some of y'all may know the last six months, I've definitely had a lot of mental health struggles. There were some cu- couple episodes that I missed early on. It's just, it's been a rough couple of months. And through those struggles and, and through talking with friends and family, I've realized that it is best for me to go ahead and move on. I don't exactly know what's next. Really grateful for my time there. A lot of really great people working for my hometown paper was an absolute treat. So many talented people there. Please still go support all the stars like Evan Grant, um, who is just absolutely crushing it on the Rangers beat this year. But I just wanted to let y'all know that. Uh, Really feeling a lot of peace about this decision, feeling really good about it. And by the way, I'm still going to be podcasting. That's not uh, going to change. Um, So uh, yeah, thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing and supporting. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.